Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from the Guaranteed Money Podcast. Winners and losers in the inaugural edition of the pod. DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, who will come out victorious for 2022? The Bengals, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Niners. Who's the big winner this coming weekend? Speaking of winners, the state of Arizona made billions of dollars in sports wagering in three months. That and more in Guaranteed Money. And welcome to the Guaranteed Money Podcast. I am Ryan Doyle with Anthony Verrill. Now, listen, I got to tell you this up front. Apparently, they make me read this. It's like, you know, reading one of those hostage-taking statements, but it's important. It's important information, so let's start off here. All views on the Guaranteed Money Podcast and the guests on this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as investment or gambling advice. The views on this podcast are solely intended to be informational and are not investment advice. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's rock and roll. It is great to be here. This is long in the making, oh, yeah. Anthony. I've uh, I've been excited for weeks and months to be able to do this with you and have these conversations, not just about the, the X's and O's, not just about putting your money down on a team every single weekend, because this isn't just going to be a pick show, although it'll have some of that to it. We want to take a look at the investment space, this multi-billion dollar industry that is sports wagering, and really hammer it home as to you know why certain shares aren't rising, why we're seeing volatility, volatility what are the winners and losers so it's going to be a, a fun ride i think oh yeah i'm fucking excited um i mean <laughs> if it's a one thing if it's one thing i love i love sports i love taking risks and i mean i love the business of sports so i mean i'm i'm, I'm all for it um, i'm pumped to get this rolling and really start to uh, drill down on topics that people are interested about but there really isn't a lot of coverage around that now nothing more interesting you got to put it on the table nothing more interesting than last week's divisional round i mean this thing it was, was it was amazing smoking it, hot right it, it was it was amazing it, it arguably is the best weekend of foot as far as i'm concerned i hate to get wrapped up in like current events those four games were some of the best football i've ever seen in my life and none of the games disappointed no they I didn't. mean i was no i i bet on the bank i took the Bengals. i got screwed by the packers i slammed the rams and then I, uh, I, I, I bet on the Bills, which they should have won. Josh Allen's going to be back for a very long time. But uh, they just You're couldn't get it me. done. And the NFL needs to change their overtime rules. Because that was well, complete yeah, BS. Okay, hold on. Let, let's start with that, though, for a second. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself already. but uh, <laughs> well, Yeah, and yeah. we'll do some picks down, down the end of the road for, for the uh, conference games that are coming up this weekend. And obviously maybe give you a quick preview of the, the Super Bowl. But hang on with this whole complaining and whining thing about the NFL needs to change the rules <laughs> with overtime. How about the Bills play some fucking defense for 13 seconds? Uh, and we're not having this conversation. And I say yeah. that as a loyal Bills fan. Yeah, I mean, I'm being uh, I'm being a little bit childish to just change the rules when they don't suit my outcome. But uh, but I mean, I'll I'll take it. I mean, I think that if if you can't, uh, sure, you have a, you have a sound argument. If you can't defend and the opponent goes down and just puts seven on the board, arguably you should lose the game. But also, I think the other team should have a fair chance because it's literally a coin flip that's deciding who goes to the divisional, uh, not to the conference championship. Um, I think there's a pretty big, big wager, no pun intended, riding on that one decision. Yeah, there is. And I mean, I've heard people say, OK, well, why not give it to the, the visiting team? Let them pick whether they want to play defense or offense. You know, maybe the college model works where you, you everybody gets a turn. It feels very you yeah. know, everybody gets a ribbon in school kind of thing. 
you know, you're the best defense in football. That's what it comes down to. Play your game, play hard, defend properly. As you know, I was I was sobbing. I was sobbing in the man cave watching yeah, that yeah. Game, watching the Bills lose. I lost coin on it. I lost my pride, yeah. my emotion. But I also went through the Bills back in the nineties when I was in high school. So I know what this feeling is like. I know what Wide yeah. Right feels like. I know what the Music City Miracle feels like. It's just the same old, same old gutting of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Dolphin fan, so I naturally should not have any kind of affinity towards the Bills. Sure. To be honest, there's no one that I want to see succeed more in the NFL than Josh Allen. Agreed. Like he is, he's the prototypical passing quarterback who happens to be built like Derrick Henry, um, and can also and can also just run people over. Like I would like nothing more than to see that man in the Super Bowl for years to come. Um, I think he's so talented, and I think it's about time a team like Buffalo was actually competitive in our division. Um, so, hopefully we have uh, we can rebuild, get two of some O-linemen, and get a head coach in the front office and, uh, and start to compete with the Dolphins. Well, if you yeah, and I know you had money on Cincinnati. I know you were, you were all over the yeah, Bengals because you told Burrow me that. You told well. me, I love I'll, Burrow. I'll, I'll say you, you told me that before this. You know, yep. It wasn't like you were predicting it after the fact, so I give you kudos on that. Oh, no. But you speak about yeah. no line. Joe Burrow does it without an offensive line. He doesn't need an offensive uh, they had line. Nine, they had nine sacks. Yeah. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times and won the damn game. Um, if you would have switched the stat sheets, I would have thought that that was the Dolphins playing. Um, I mean, coming off an ACL injury and being a franchise player, they need to protect him and they need to put an O-line around him. Otherwise, he's going to wind up on the injured list again. Um, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, let's let's switch gears because we will talk a little bit further at the end of the show about picks. I've got a I've got a killer prop that I think people are missing and sleeping on, and that the market is actually going the other way on. So I'll I'll share okay. that with you and get your thoughts on it a little later on in the program. But you know, the money and the the industry itself. We look at twenty twenty one in the in the gaming industry in the sports wagering industry. You know, pretty fresh territory when we talk about the United States of America. Up in Canada. Obviously, fresh territory. They're still working their things out. They're still working their metrics out as to what it's going to actually look like. But the numbers in the United States early on, we're talking about double the amount of money in 2021 that was wagered from the year previous. And that's, that's of course, eclipsing Uh, all records. It's wild. Every single one of my friends are betting on player props and betting through apps right now from a sports betting perspective. All of them. Whether they're putting $20 bets or whether they're putting $2,000 bets. Every single person I know right now is wagering and betting to get action around sports. It's 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 here. It's not slowing down. It's like cannabis. It's like psychedelics. It's like crypto. It's one of these nascent industries that's finally come to the forefront. We're socially accepting it. It ain't going anywhere um, for, from a from a business perspective. It's just going to get bigger. How much do you think is that is the marketing? Because you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on all sorts of social media, you know, TikTok. There's all sorts of props that are being run through, right? And half of me yeah. thinks to myself, is this the marketing, right? It's the guy who said, you know, I, I got five guys to score the first touchdown and it all came in and I put five dollars down and I won fifty grand. I find sometimes those stories hard to believe. My buddy did it just a, a week ago. He hit a ten teamer. Dude, my 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 business partner on the cannabis on the cannabis side. He's ran up a $60,000 tab betting on player props, parlaying quarterbacks to throw interceptions um, over the past couple of months. Like, I, it's the, 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 di- the dynamics and the player props, I think, completely changed the paradigm. It's, gr- it, it's kind of a double edged sword because, I mean, gambling is one thing, it can arguably be destructive 
and it shouldn't really be just emphasized as something you should be partaking in. But at the same time, they've now gamified it and they've made it more attractive for sure. people um, to actually follow along than simply take an action on a team. Um, so I think that there's an equilibrium that they're going to reach that, that really it's, yeah. I mean, I think it is marketing. It's hundred percent marketing and they finally figured out that sauce to get people into the <laughs> ecosystem. Now, I love you use the word gamified because that's exactly what it is, right? And I don't think oh, people yeah. even realize, but that's, you take a step back. That's no, what's they, happening. They don't. They don't. And that's right? why I think things such as DraftKings, Penn, et cetera, are such good investments, even though you they're do. getting creamed right now. Okay, let's get behind that then. You know, let's get behind that and, and, yeah. and rip the Band-Aid off here. They are getting creamed right now. You see all yeah. sorts of volatility. Um, we're going to talk a little later about the situation with Win because, you know, they're basically having a, a reported, you know, according to sources, they're re reporting to have a bit of a fire sale, looking for somebody to take them over and buy them outright. Who do you think is going to win at the end of this this whole thing? I mean, are we looking? I know Jim Cramer was talking about the idea of competition is going to be what's great here, and there's going to be companies eating one another. Are there clear winners here and losers already in the early days, or is it too close to? Is it too early to call? I mean, I think it's a little bit too early to call. However, I do think that all of the platforms that are currently in the space are viable competitors to take the entire market share down. I mean, you look at DraftKings. They've got everything. They're a pocket. They're a full of vertically integrated gambling or sports wagering um, business. You look at Penn. I mean, they've got Dave Portnoy and Barstool. They've got the user base. They've got the consumers. They've got the marketing machine, which is the hardest and the most expensive to actually build and scale. And then you've got FanDuel. I mean, there could be consolidation, especially when you factor in things such as Bally's, Caesars, Win. Um, I think the traditional guys are probably going to get gobbled up. Um, for market share, but I could see Penn, DraftKings, and FanDuel um, cohabitating in this space and, and ultimately winning and finding how to carve out their market share because if it's one thing technology is going to enable them to do, if they the, the, the dynamics have already changed with in integrating these player props and gamifying it. So imagine if they take it a step further and, oh, by the way, your daily fantasy players, you now have player props on them um, and just take it like a step further um, in the wagering space. They're going to do that. Tech will advance it. Um, but I think the, the, the players in the space right now are formidable. Um, I don't see some new tech company coming in. And even if they raise a bunch of dough, um, coming and taking market share. I mean, these guys are, are secure right now and it's name recognition. If you ask anybody on the street, oh, who are you placing your bets through? Or who do you think you could place your bets through? Penn would probably be third, even though Barstool has the most brand recognition. Right. DraftKings and FanDuel are synonymous right now with sports. Yeah, and that's that's interesting. I mean, I noticed in uh, in New York because the New York market is obviously fresh territory for a oh, number yeah. of these companies, and only a limited amount of them got in there. DraftKings was offering players, so if you signed up today, they were offering them a thousand dollar bonus just for signing up. Now, oh yeah, think about that. Back when I started out, you know, with the offshores and whatnot, you would luck. You're lucky if you got 150 bucks kicked your way oh, yeah, for yeah. signing up. Yeah, now I remember. I remember when I started playing online poker. Yeah, the uh, the the, bo the bonuses were like get up to a thousand dollar bonus, and then I mean I put like five grand in there, and it's like yeah, hey, here's fifty bucks. Um, you're never actually going to be able to attain that uh, that cash bonus. But I mean, if if you are participating in this, or if you do gamble, the one thing that you have to realize the house always wins. Yeah, for sure. Always. Nobody likes hearing that though. By the way. You're a real, but, you're I mean, a real fucking uh, wet blanket on the first show today. I, they the do, house always they wins. So turn, turn it off. I mean, don't listen to any more of this. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoy, I enjoy gambling and, and sports wagering for the excitement. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it for the for the sport, no pun intended. But I mean, if there, if people are willing to give you a thousand dollars at a time, 
it's a business and it's because they're going to get I mean my, my like I said my my partner ran up a tab on on DraftKings they're they're paying for him to go into a suite at the Nuggets game um next week as a uh, as a loyalty gesture um they they're doing he's got a concierge right now that's Jeez. taking care of all of his needs and I'm like yeah they're going to get their money back over time watch um but in the meantime it's a it's a it's a great ride now you mentioned some of the older players in the game. Obviously, Caesars is one of them. They've they've held yeah. pretty well over the last little while. You know, share wise, they're not looking too bad. Obviously, they've got other considerations and other properties. Have they advanced enough in your mind when it comes to the tech? Because it almost for me felt like you had this tsunami come out of nowhere, right? You've got the the you know the stable players in the game. They've been around a long time. They had no reason to adapt and advance and and kind of were rigid in a way. Have they advanced enough to catch up with the tsunami that has been DraftKings and FanDuel and Penduel, Lester, extent? Um, I don't know if they've advanced enough to really compete on the tech perspective, but if there's one thing that I do know, especially in the United States, you need influence and you need lobbying, and those you can damn well be sure. Caesars, Bally's, win. They've got what they need to push their agenda through into different markets and get the ear of people who they need to get. Um, I would bet on them from that perspective, and then I would bet on the the the, the, for, the, the DraftKings and FanDuel um, and the Pens technologically innovating. Um, but I don't see any reason why why someone like a Caesars or someone like a Bally's um, can compete in this space. I mean, I know that the Caesars app just the Caesars app just launched in New York, and it's everywhere. Yeah, like that is it's it's huge. Um, and I and I think that that's probably a function of their influence and their the historic nature of the company and. Granted, I mean, Caesars will, might spin – I mean, the best thing that Caesars could do from a public markets perspective is build up that sports business and then spin it off or sell it to a DraftKings or a FanDuel um, and create value for their shareholders. You also – you know, you look at it and you think to yourself, this is a community in New York that used to – and I'm not making this up – used to drive to New Jersey to get bets on. Oh, yeah. Like, like that, that happened yeah. at one time. So I don't know if we should be old, you know, over-the-top shocked about the idea that people are now – you know, flooding to it because it's in their backyard and they can do it from their living room. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's ease. It's you, you, you drive user adoption with accessibility. Um, the fact now that it's all app based through a smartphone, it's regulated. You can get cash, you can cash out, you can cash yeah. in. The friction is gone. Um, it's open season. I mean, 10 years ago when I tried to open up, let's say like a sports book account online, I think it was sportsbook.ag, my money went in. But it was like a black hole to ever get anything out. You sure. literally had to give a blood sample, your driver's <laughs> license, a fax with your picture on it, and then they might send you a paper check through the mail. A notary um, like a doctor was, had to sign your letter to say that it was yeah. you and your driver's license. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was wild, and I just completely abandoned it. But as far as it is now, the friction's gone. Um, the friction's gone and the accessibility's gone. Anything and everything that's on here will win. Well, I remember back in the day, you know, trying to sign up for, a, I think it was a William Hill account. That was the first gambling site that I, I was using. I was probably in my early 20s. And I remember that you couldn't use a particular bank's credit card because the banks wanted nothing to do with oh, gambling. Oh, yeah. right? So I had to yeah. go to like, you know, Google it and search it out. And this is years ago, trying to find the information as to which bank visa or, you know, whatever the product was that I could use at that particular site. And it wasn't even the bank I was using. So, I mean, that shows you how far we've come in just a couple of decades. Oh yeah. Yep. It's, I mean, granted, I hate to, I hate to say this, but crypto is going to find a way to infiltrate into here. Um, I'm sure there's going to be betting platforms. 
um, that spin up that use the back end of blockchain, especially from a KYC perspective, right? And just from a from a reducing the friction even further to where you're not using traditional banks or payment processors. It's not out there yet, but anyone that's out there building, I'd be going after that. Um, there, yeah. There's going to be a a way in uh, for those two to converge. Now, obviously, a company like Win is a company that didn't figure out how to get crypto involved. They didn't even really have a no. chance. This company got out of the starting block six months ago. You know, a lot of fanfare. Yeah. They had Shaquille O'Neal as a brand ambassador, looking good. And we're hearing, you know, rumors and rumblings now that they're looking for a dance partner, somebody to take them over and, and perhaps get out of the, the, the world of sports wagering, at least on the, the technical side of things. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. Um, I mean, I don't. Fo- I mean, I'd be lying if I said that I followed Win Stock um, very closely. But every time I do see Win on CNBC, it's some function of, well, we're not really valuing the U.S. business. We're not really valuing the other facets of the business. Win is a Macau story. Um, Win is really leveraging Macau as a growth driver uh, moving forward. So, I mean, as far as them trying, what does that? What does that, that mean sports, for people who don't know? Um, I'm. Uh, Asia gambling, gambling yeah. is huge. I mean, Macau in terms of revenue and as far as in terms of scale uh, makes Vegas look uh, look elementary um, from 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 that point of view. Uh, but I mean, Wynn has a stranglehold on the Macau market, um, and that's really what analysts on Wall Street and what uh, what everyone that's levered to their stock is uh, is looking at. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be interested to actually audit what that sports business looks like. And I mean, someone's going to come pick it up if it's to the tune of, let's say, I think it was 260 million yeah. um, to, uh, to pick that up. I mean, that's a drop in a bucket for any of the major guys if there's a real user base or there's any utility there um, from those assets. You also have the state of Arizona, and this just came out in the last, let's say, 20 hours or so. The state of Arizona, at least 20 hours before we were, we were putting this together today, they cleared $1.2 billion in sports betting in less than three months. If you're an really? investor, look, yeah, in less than, in less than three months, 1.2 bill. Like, you've got to think to yourself, this industry has got a lot of room for growth and that some of these, if you look at who the players are, at least in the state of Arizona, some of these companies got to have some value to them. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I, that's, that's crazy. Isn't it? Um, those are, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I love that I caught you with that one, by the way. I slipped that in at the that's end. A, I mean, that's a big, that, 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 that's a big number. I mean, to be honest, I mean, this is probably my own just preconceived notions, but when I think of sports betting and sports wagering, I think of like major metropolitan areas. I think of like New York, LA, Miami, Chicago. Um, I wouldn't think of Arizona as a big market, but I mean, that's impressive that they're growing at that rate, especially with those revenue numbers. Yeah. And you also have to think, you know, maybe some retirees, maybe people who, yeah. You know, maybe used to make the trek to Vegas, you know, drove to the desert. Now they don't have to. They're keeping their money at home, yeah. just sitting on the couch and, and doing it there. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the bigger players when it comes to uh, FanDuel and DraftKings in particular. I, I kind of look at them as the same but different, meaning there's a bit of a different approach. And I think that DraftKings uh, gets a bit of a knock when it comes to how much they're spending in advertising. And I think a lot of you know people who have had shares that I've talked to are a little weak in the knees when they see how much money is going out the door to oh, yeah. to pump that advertising. If you're an investor today, and you know we already did the disclaimer, so we're safe. If you're an investor today and you're looking at DraftKings, would that make you nervous? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, companies companies that are doing that, but they're I mean, they're, they're, there's certain other metrics involved. I mean, if you're spending that marketing and then it's through the through the roof, but the LTV on your on your user base is is juiced. Um, it's great, but if you're spending all that marketing, converting the LTV's low, and then your churn rate's also high, I mean that's a really good recipe to run out of money. 
um, sooner or later, especially if you're not profitable. Um, that's why I like that's why I like Penn. Um, I think Penn's got Portnoy. They have a marketing machine. They have grassroots. They have Barstool, and they can keep those marketing spends lower. Um, so I would I, I would prefer their business model versus uh, the high marketing spend um, business model. But I mean, it's it's almost as if they're addicted to that spend. They're going to need to bring it down because their only way that they're going to juice their bottom line and become profitable is bringing that opex uh, significantly lower um, going into the future. Yeah, you mentioned Portnoy. We've mentioned him a couple times. You know, this is uh, the Guaranteed Money Podcast. It's not like we're competitors here. We talk about the industry. We cover it off. He's a big part yeah. of the industry. I would argue that the the Portnoy experiment with Barstool and with Penn, you can't replicate that. The guy is a personality. No. He's different. No, 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 he's no, no, unique. No. So you know, you could try. You could throw money at that with all the ambassadors you want, all the sports ambassadors, the celebrities you want. The organic nature of what that man has created deserves to be applauded from the top on down. Oh yeah. It's you, you. I could we we could start a company tomorrow. Go to the best VCs in the valley and go raise billions of dollars. We're not going to be able to recreate what he built. Yeah. Um. Like it is grassroots, organic, branding. As far as I'm concerned, Elon Musk to me is one of the best marketers out there from a sure. pure play, just showman perspective. Dave Portnoy is right there. Um. He is not afraid to say whatever he wants to say. Confronts everything head on. He gets in. He gets down in the weeds. He's in the boardroom. The man is everywhere, and he's a machine um, that people just gravitate towards. You can't replicate that with money or with technology. Um, and, it's you it's know, invaluable what he's built, and it's also the work ethic too. Like you, you know, oh, yeah. not, a, not a day goes by that the guy's not in my Instagram feed, either reviewing no. pizza, doing a podcast, talking, doing an emergency press conference, sitting at games, which I think is vital. If you're somebody who's oh, in yeah. that space, get your ass out of the boardroom. And get yourself oh, yeah, to yeah. a game and make sure that you're among people. I know he's sitting in a box. I get it. But at least make it like you're you're enjoying and consuming the product along with the people who you're selling it to. Oh, yeah. I mean, for 10 years, the guy was in a, in a pinstripe suit getting followed around with a camera and a microphone in lines at games. Like, that's how bad he wanted it. And that's how bad he felt he needed to get ingrained in it to build what he built. And then now, fast forward 20 years, we have Barstool. Um, I mean, that's that's what it takes. Um, he's built that up over decades. And and I know the shares have been, you know, up and down. Obviously they took a bit of an ass kicking over the last few months. This would still yeah. be the company, you know, if you gave me a thousand dollars today, this would be the company I would put my money behind. Oh yeah. I bet on I'm a I'm a big proponent of betting on the jockey. Um, <laughs> not the horse. I mean you could also you, you could argue that, that DraftKings, FanDuel, and Penn, I mean, while there are some some technological moats around each product, I mean they all do the same. They, they all, you can bet wager on sports. I mean, it's, a, it's not a commoditized product per se, but it's pretty much commoditized. And sure. I mean, people gravitate towards that Portnoy ecosystem that, uh, that he puts out there. And I mean, yeah, I would, I would bet on them to, uh, them to be able to win or at least produce a profit quicker than the other competitors. Yeah, it almost feels like the divisional when you talk about the idea of, you know, some of these people finding dance partners, some takeovers happening. It does feel a little like the divisional playoffs that we saw last week. Let's talk about that then. You know, six months, a year from now, I'm not, I'm going to try not to hold it against you. Trust me, I might lord it over you, but let's, let's look into the yeah. crystal ball. Let's look at what, what the, is on the horizon when we talk about these companies. I mentioned, you know, it looks like the divisional playoffs, right? You've got these companies kind of jockeying for position. What does the next six months to a year look like in this space? My honest prediction is, is the fundamental story c continues to progress um, across the board. 
you're going to see FanDuel get bigger. You're going to see DraftKings get bigger. You're going to see Penn get bigger. Um, I think they're going to start to expand their market share and their user base. You'll probably see some technological advancements as it relates to product. Um, but from a capital markets perspective, I think there's a lot of uncertainty there, if I'm being honest. Um, there's Rates are going up. Um, a growth capital is getting more expensive. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you continue to see the capital markets dislocate from the fundamental story. Um, that being said, I'm very bullish on the actual companies um, growing. So, I mean, I'd be looking for entry points on these stocks and I'd be looking for trends to the upside. Um, long term, I think they're great. I think you're investing in, in another boom asset that was just legalized um, per se, which usually bodes well. Um, when you look at things like cannabis, when you look at things like alcohol, um, I think the future is very bright. I think the next six to 12 months could be a little choppy um, from an equity perspective. All right. Let me get your other crystal ball out because this is the fun part. We're going to close each show with predictions, whether it's NBA, whether it's Premier League soccer, whether it's NFL, March Madness, you name it. We're going to give you predictions as to what's coming up in the week, some feature games. This is an easy one. It's an easy it's an easy week to start this broadcast, right? It's an easy week to start the podcast uh, and do the show because it's the conference championships. And we've just come off the yep. most red hot week of football, the most red hot week of the NFL that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I think that Buffalo and I was on the losing end of it. I think that Buffalo-Kansas City game might possibly be the best playoff game to ever be played. Dude, I'm so sick of hearing that. My dad said that 10 times over the past week. Every time I talk to the man after that game, yeah. he's like, it's the best game of football I've ever seen. Yeah. It's literally <laughs> might be the best sporting event um, I've ever seen. Sure. I'm like, dude, we've been to like the heat champ. We've been to the, like the championship nah. for like the heat. It was that good. And, you know, it's just not what I'm going to yeah. watch again because I just, what am I going to watch them lose? You can't do that, right? Yeah. When your team loses, you're like, okay, yeah. I'm done with the game. I'm never going to see that again. That's one thing that I've uh, never understood people do, and my dad does it all the time, <laughs> is they watch like old sports games. Yeah. It's like, I, I can't, like, don't get me wrong, like, I love my teams, but like, I would never record a game and then watch it after I see the result. Um, I just don't understand how people can enjoy sports that much to where you already know what the outcome is going to be. Like, for me, it's live or nothing. I'm watching it live. Yeah, absolutely. Or it's donezo. Like, I'll just check my app. I'm and good. There's no compromising. Right. It's, it's live, or I see the result, and I'm on to the next one. Um, it's over. All right, let's get on to the next ones then. We've got two big games, of course, coming up on Sunday in the AFC. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Minus seven is the, the line currently as we were recording this today uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Minus seven. Total is at 54 and a half. You were leaning hot and heavy on the Bengals last weekend. Is that the wave? Is that the wave you're going to continue to ride into this one, catching that that no. big seven point number? Unfortunately, not. I mean, I love Joe Burrow, what he's doing. I love Jamar Chase. After seeing that O line last week, I think Kansas City could easily win by twenty, and I don't think the Bengals have what they need to put up points. I mean, I think they'll score some. I see them maxing out at maybe like seventeen. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is good. Um, you don't know sure. which Chiefs' defense you're actually going to get on the field. I've seen them look terrible, and then I've also seen them look absolutely, undisputably the best defense in the league. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think the Bengals have what it takes to, uh, to to even come close to the Chiefs this week. See, I think the more intriguing number here, if we're going to, you know, and this is a show all about numbers, all about, you know, one side of the ledger or the other, I think the total is really interesting based on what you just said. Sure, the Chiefs will probably put up points. Will the Bengals be able to score with what we saw last week, with Burrow getting sacked nine times? That total seems high to me at 54 and a half. I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. a guy who likes to sit on the, the side of the couch and watch an under happen. 
But for me, right now, no. sitting here, 54 and a half, I would go under that total in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. It could easily be 31-14. Yeah. Um, easily. Um, and I, I think that's probably pretty close to where it, to where it ends. Yeah, and I think the other game, where we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams, that's probably the one that's got a little bit more intrigue to it because you've got a Niners oh, team yeah. that is basically just fake. I mean, they're the fake ID at the party, are they not? They're the guy who shows up at the liquor store with McLovin written on their license. I have no idea how this they're, team got here. Garoppolo has not uh, looked all that impressive. Uh, what? Nope. How did they stumble to this point? I think the stumbling, you know, they're getting three and a half points, plus 160 on the money line. I think the stumbling continues for Garoppolo and company, and they get this done somehow against this Rams team. No, no, big fucking no. way. <laughs> the Rams whooped their ass. Um, I think the Rams absolutely whooped their ass. Um, I think that offense is way too electric. I think that defense is going to be inspired at home. Um, they want the Super Bowl in LA. Um, I think the Rams absolutely expose them, um, and and blow, I think they blow them out. Um, to be completely honest. Yeah, I want a Benz and li to live in a mansion, but I'm not doing that right now. Yeah. So they can want as much I, as they want. But here's two yeah, well, things. Let's, let's take into consideration I bet against them the first two weeks of the playoffs, being betting against the Niners. Yeah. And I'm 0-2. But I'm going to continue to bet against the Niners <laughs> this week, and I'm going to slam the Rams at home. Okay, 100%. Here's, here's, my, here's my thinking on this. Hear me out on this. The Rams, in the game against Arizona a couple of weeks ago, Right? Looked impressive. Looked like world beaters. Yeah. Arizona was minus integers when it comes to yardage, when it comes to every, you know, offensive part of their, their weaponry. It was all negative. Okay. It was 21 points in the first half. That's all they, it's yeah. all the Rams put up against Arizona. They should had, had that team dead to rights by at least 30 some odd points. Fast forward a weekend. Here we are. Tampa Bay. They're iced out. Are they? Here comes Mr. Brady. Chugga, no. chugga, 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 chugga. Yeah. Right? So, I just don't know if you can trust this Rams team late in games. They seem to be a little suspect. And you've got a Niners, team, a Niners team who just came off a, a win against Green Bay where they didn't look very good but still managed to get the job done when? Late in the game. Give me the San Francisco and 49ers plus the three and a half. I'll take the three in the hook, and I'll take them on the money line. Let me just put the first show, Guaranteed Money Podcast. I'm going to go right up, put them on the table. You know what I'm putting on the table right okay. now. Plus 160, San Francisco, money line play. I'm going the complete opposite of that. I'll probably take the expanded spread on the Rams. Okay. Um, the extended spread at home. I don't know where I'll settle, but I mean, I'll probably, yeah. I mean, I'll probably go something in the to the tune of like seven points um, on the uh, on the extended spread. I'm really, really just sold on them at home this weekend. All right, here's my, you're not going to like my, because I mentioned off the top that I had a special prop. So a prop for those who don't know is a proposition bet, right? You can, you can bet on players to do certain things within a game. You can actually parlay that, which means you can, you know, take a whole bunch of things together, a whole bunch of player statistics, bump them together as to where you think they're going to be over or under that number and make a whole whack of cash. Let me start one for you. I'm going to plant the seed. Anthony's not going to like this. I love this play. Jimmy Garoppolo. It opened at 231.5 passing yards. I thought, mm, a little too high. The market now has come down to 224 yards. Jimmy G has not had a game in that realm in the last little while. He's fallen short a couple times. I like him to get yeah. it done this time based on my narrative. So it's all kind of connected to the same narrative that the Niners win. I like Jimmy G over 224 yards. I wouldn't go as high as 231.5, but I like it at 224. I agree. I actually agree with you, um, but I think that this is a game that potentially the passing yards don't necessarily convert into points. 
Um, I don't think they're going to be able to run on the Rams with that front line, with that defensive line. But I do think that it's going to be dump off passes to Debo Samuel and George Kittle is going to be getting action um, all day. So, I mean, I am actually, I, I do think that's a pretty damn good bet um, at 224 and a half. Because you got guys like that, G. right? They can get yards after the catch. They can you oh, know, yeah. scramble and up they do. a little bit. And they do. I mean, yeah, Debo's, Debo, I mean, I slept on Debo this year completely. I mean, that guy might be one of the most dynamic guys in sure. the NFL um, right now, especially for yards after the catch. I mean, he's out there looking like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and I think the early the early part of the season where there were injury concerns and that type of thing might have oh, yeah. him off a lot of people's radar, so I don't think you were alone on that. Yeah, 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 and Brandon Ayuk, too. I mean, he's, sure. he's just like a sleeping giant. I mean, he's a hell of a talent that hasn't done much. Now, do you want to do a Super Bowl thing now, or do we want to wait till, till next week? How do you want to play this? We'll um, do this live. I mean, I think I mean I'm 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 sticking to my guns. My Super Bowl matchup is uh, is Rams and uh, and Chiefs. Who gets it done in that matchup? I would go I would go Rams Chiefs. Uh, shit, that's yeah. I mean, I would say the Rams by three. Okay, because we're on opposite sides. I'm gonna see if that I'm gonna see if that changes as we go because I'm on I would be yeah. on the Chiefs through and through. I think they're gonna win the Super Bowl it's, again, and that's. That's I just we're don't, be at the end I want the Rams to win. I want the Rams to win for the storyline. Like I think that Sean McVay got embarrassed the last time they were in the Super Bowl. Um, I'd love to see Matthew Stafford win a Super Bowl because he's been locked in Detroit forever. He goes to LA, creates this dynamic offense. The defense is playing well. Um, I like Aaron Donald. Obviously, I went to FSU. I'm a big fan of Jalen Ramsey. Um, I just don't want to see the Chiefs win again. It's like seeing the Patriots come back to the Super Bowl and and, and win. Um, I, for the storyline, I'm and I li- I like the Rams um, outside of the Dolphins. I mean, they're a team I root for. So I mean, yeah. Um, if to be honest, if it's Bengals Rams, I would. Yeah, I mean Rams, LA. I'm slamming LA there all the go. way. All right, um, to the Super Bowl. I'm completely the opposite. Call me Mr. Shock. I'm okay with that. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. He probably wins the MVP in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs get it done again. You're, you're looking at a dynasty with those guys. So that's where I am. We're going to hold each other to account yeah. over the next couple of weeks and uh, see where the the chips fall. But of course, this has been our inaugural edition of the Guaranteed Money Podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, it's great. Good, it's great. We get to talk about sports, business, yeah. stock market. I mean. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's easy and insightful, and I look forward to uh, many, many more. As do I. Don't forget, you can, of course, subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever any great podcasts are held. For some reason, they house ours as well. So we're appreciative of that fact, and we're happy to be a part of it. Until next time. Technology. Technology. It's a beautiful thing. Until next yeah. time, have a good yep. one. Yep.